Mecca. Hey, Street E. Hey, Nugget. Evening, boys. It's episode 55 and we're going for gold. It's the Olympics! We made it. Uh, we did. We made it. Yeah. It was a uh, an on-again, off-again proposition, the Olympics, and, you know, after a few chats of will it, won't it happen, it, it happened. Um, it's happening. And, happening. well, it's happening right now. It may not get finished, but it's happening. So they're all there. The athletes are in the village. The games are underway. The opening ceremony is tomorrow night. But COVID cases are on the rise, surprisingly enough. Yes. In both the community and the village. In the village? Well, there's been, I think, probably just under 10 cases so far in the village, I think. Man. Mm. No no athletes, though, I don't think. Is it? Because it's Uh, just there's been a couple of athletes. No, there's been a couple of athletes, a couple of guys from the South African team. Ah. I, th- uh, I thought it was just uh, testing positive for cocaine usage and so on. So. I know that was unfortunately the Australian equestrian team of all. You uh, would probably put them down to be the biggest partiers amongst the cohort <laughs> of Olympians. But uh, he apparently, yes, the uh, yeah the Olympian show like the equestrian show jumper. Uh, what was his name um, from Australia from the Australian team? He's been withdrawn from the games because of a positive cocaine test, not a positive yeah, COVID kidding me. test. No, no. Well, you know, l- l- mm. let's just take a step back. How many Saturdays at the races would he have had over the years? So it's easy to get caught up in that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Kermond is his name. Jamie and- Kermond, yeah. yeah. Loves to party. Well, yeah. I reckon Jamie Kermond has had a few big days at the Ramit race course during the uh, spring carnival. And Well, according to Jamie, this is the first time in his whole life he's ever used cocaine and he was just unfortunate that this was the time that he got caught, right? going to say, Jamie, we don't believe you, mate. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we don't. But I must say, if you'd asked me to put money on, who would have been the first athlete to pop for cocaine use during the games? It most definitely would not have been the guy who's a show jumper. Well, not, I, don't, I would have thought... underselling show jumping. If out of a, the horse or the human to test, I would probably put money on the horse would probably test positive to cocaine before a human would in that instance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I probably would have bet the same thing to be honest. Wow. So it's uh yes, it's not a, um, uh, it's, in, it's going to be an interesting games boys, a very interesting games, 12 months delayed Tokyo in a state of emergency, but the games roll on and the games roll on because the clauses in the contract say that the games roll on. So the IOC have ironclad agreements with the host city, which mean that they get no say in actually calling the games off. It's all in the IOC's court. And the IOC has gone ahead and held the games in Tokyo. According to inside rumours, against the best wishes of most of the Chinese, uh, the, the Japanese government officials that were responsible for this. So... It's a big one. Like they and, and the organising committee have already said that if COVID cases continue to rise in the village, then they may not finish the games. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. hold those Olympic thoughts. And before we mm-hmm. dive deep, you'll be remiss of us not to throw back to um, Greeks, the Greek people's favourite athlete at the moment, Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo. 
Costas Apollos from the Greco-Roman wrestling team of Greece <laughs> and the Olympics because it's the, the Greek Olympics. Freak, and I don't want to the talk Greek about Greek freak is for his, the uh, <laughs> He's more efficiently known to those who have pronunciation issues. Yesterday was crowned as the uh, first-time NBA champion um, in what you could describe as a. Uh, there wouldn't be too many people disappointed with the fact that the Bucks ended up winning that series. Were you boys disappointed that the Bucks won the finals? No, no, not 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 really. In that, it was a hard one because I would have liked to see Booker get a championship. Mm. Whereas I'm on, and it's I don't know what side of things are. I I really don't like Chris Paul, so I'm kind of happy he got shafted yet again. What do you like uh, about um, Chris Paul? He's like the people's champion at the moment. Ah, little man syndrome. Even though he's probably tower over me, but still. Uh, just he's got that little man syndrome about him. Just I don't know, but but yeah. in saying that, it, it's I didn't mind either way. I wasn't mm. absolutely hammering on for uh, insert. And the other thing is, I mean, how good was it to see him celebrate like all uh, oh, the Giannis just love and life? Well, he a, sat down yeah. before he left the arena, soaked it up. He took the stole the championship trophy and went to Chickafil and ordered 50 nuggets, like just living <laughs> his best life. Loved it. That, that's always my favourite part of the, of, of the NBA finals, just seeing those guys for the first time win it. And part of me last year felt a little bit sorry for Anthony Davis, just the fact that he won his first championship in a bubble with no fans. And that, that whole experience of not being on your home floor and winning in front of 20,000 people you know, would have had a, a different sound to that that bell that you know. Mm. Um, and you know, th- we're going to talk about the Olympics soon and, and and the lack of crowds. But I almost you know have the the feeling that for someone's first Olympics this year, you know, it's uh, it may not live up to the expectations that they had. You know, as a kid growing up with a dream to get there. Mm. Um, but yeah, Greek. I mean, Greek freak. Uh, just to touch on that, I mean, I made a Facebook comment yesterday that. You know what he did to to not only dominate that series was mega impressive, but the fact that he did it coming back from that what looked at first glance, second glance, third glance on the replays of what you could only describe as a catastrophic knee injury to come back from that and uh, be a little bit rusty in the game one of the finals, but game two, you know, dropped forty and then from there averaged thirty five, sixteen, and and six and so, or something crazy like that. Very, very impressive, boys. Where, where does that stand for you in terms of sporting feats? Uh, well, I think it's a it, like it's nice to see. Like, uh, I I don't know about the cat. Wouldn't you describe it a catastrophic knee injury? When you watch that, so <clears throat> watching the game live when they played the Hawks mm. and that dude fell into his leg and it bent far, far more backwards than what it should. And you look yeah, and you go, okay. oh, he's he's fucked his knee big time. This is bad. Yeah, like yeah. That, that is a, is a catastrophic injury. You watched it. Yeah, it. okay. And then to come back from that and to be able to win a championship three weeks later, score fifty in a closeout, it's it's pretty I, amazing. I think it. I well, I here's the thing, Streety. I think actually, the the significance of it will probably be known when they finally reveal what his actual injury was, right? Yeah. Because because things can look worse than what they are. But, you know, they just announced a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of days ago, sorry, Tom Brady played all of last year with a 
with a torn MCL, right? And uh, and won the Super Bowl um, with Tampa. I suspect that probably what will happen is you will eventually find out exactly what is wrong with Giannis's knee and then it will become more significant to me, I guess. Right now, I guess I must say, because he played so well, I, I didn't really feel like he was kind of coming back from any type of knee injury. And I get that. Like I saw it. I saw the, I saw the footage and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's, look, it's massive. I mean, the guy, I think the bigger, like the bigger achievement for him, for me is like coming from where he has as a basketball player. Like this is not a guy who grew up in a country where basketball is the number one sport. He didn't grow up with it being his number one sport. I don't think he took the game up until he was pretty, pretty old, like 15 years old. Um, And you can see that when he shoots free throws, like you can see that he hasn't been at the free free throw line very much and he doesn't shoot jump shots very well. Um, What he does do is he plays that good old fashioned bully ball and gets to the ring and makes, and he's so athletic and so long that you've got no choice to stop him, but you have to kind of hang off him. Right. With a full, full head of steam, a full head of steam, he, mm. he can dribble the ball, uh, pull up, you know, two steps from half court and dunk the ball. Yeah, no exactly. one has ever been able to do that. No, no, absolutely That's not. Crazy. And it, and he's he's going to be. It's interesting because he's not necessarily a basketball player, but he's going to transcend and change the game again. You know, like yeah. he's going to go down as one of the greats. And he didn't necessarily grow up thinking that he would even play the game. So. Um, you know, he's whole, you know, but, but probably all of that to me pales in comparison a little bit, I think, to, to the actual whole final series. You know, in a world where super teams are the norm, in a world where big market teams are the norm in the NBA, to have the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks playing for the actual championship, to me, is massive. Like, I don't think anybody would have had that combination at the start of the year. And the fact that the Bucks have built a championship team from the ground up, like to me, is probably the biggest achievement in all of that. That would have been, you know, that that would have been very unlikely to have happened. And That's right. Most of the experts out there are saying, well, you won't see the Suns in the finals next year, and and you probably may not ever see the Bucks there again either. But it's a little bit like Leicester winning the EPL, really, like. You know, yep. from, a, from a market size and from a money perspective, the Bucks are not who the NBA wanted to win the championship. And it's amazing that they've done that. So, yep. yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't think you can have – the Bucks probably, of all the teams in the league, probably have the least amount of haters um, just because, you know, they just come across as the nice guys. And I'm genuinely happy for guys like Middleton and Drew Holiday, considering what he's been through the last five or six years, to finally get it. And uh, obviously – Greg Freak's story is going to be sort of more well-known. There's a book just been released about him, uh, which would probably be a good uh, good read. And, yeah, from the early days of selling CDs on the streets in Athens to become an NBA champ. And, you know, I did kind of feel for the Greg Freak in a a way yesterday, his brother, uh, Thanasis, who is one of the ultimate towel wavers in NBA history, along with Patty Mills. Um, he's He's a hype man, but he also gets on the floor. He was actually ruled out with COVID protocol, so he couldn't be there in person. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so um, suck shit. I mean, those guys are bloody. They're only there because these, their brother's really good. You know. I like, mean, Thanasis is is genuine. He can play. Like he's he's not a scrub. He doesn't get a lot of time. But I mean, 
let's be honest, get, getting Giannis to sign the contract, having Thanasis on the team uh, helped. And is, is it any surprise the Lakers signed Costas' younger brother last year mm. in the hope, you know, of trying to recruit the Greek freak eventually when his contract was due for a, a renewal last year? What's the what's the shit ball brother, the one who can't get an NBA contract? What's his name? Leangelo, Leangelo Ball. Yeah. Leangelo. Like, yeah. Look, eventually he'll end up. There was a funny meme today that uh, the uh, waving uh, a towel. <laughs> yeah, that Atenda Kumpos did what uh, did what uh, Lavar's balls couldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. It was yeah. a good final series. I mean, it's great. You know, it was awesome. It was yeah. close. You know, yeah. it could have gone either way. And you know, I, I think we all tipped Phoenix at the start of the uh, series. Um, yeah. I had him four one. You boys had him four two. And I think, in large part, uh, the NBA community, the media. The Phoenix Suns themselves certainly probably crowned themselves as champs at 2-0. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't wouldn't have foreseen that they would have lost four straight and the Bucks would have would have taken it out. Yeah. Um, not with the way people, that both teams were playing, not with the form that they were in. That's that, right. Like yeah. that's you know, that's you know, in, in rugby league terms, that's those four wins came against the run of play. Yeah. Like, like I mean, really in most of the games, to be honest. That's right. And there's probably two two key things for me that uh, sort of swung it back. Uh, well, you know, in terms of the games, was the Greek freak, uh, and Ben Simmons can learn a big, big lesson from this. Greek freak went in one game, fifteen for sixteen from the foul line. I think in game three, and then in game six he had seventeen from nineteen, and he was a notoriously bad foul shooter in the second round versus the Nets. Uh, he he was counted out for uh, shooting violations twice during that series. I did enjoy um, that when the crowds were, were counting out. That was awesome. Yeah, and the Phoenix guy counting the money, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> and then, actually, uh, I kind of turned on Phoenix a little bit as well when uh, Devin Booker just uh, had eight fouls in a game, was called for six and was a little <laughs> bit protected and just sort of, you know, bitched about fouls and like, you know, I think you're an arrogant SOB. So uh, <laughs> I hope you lose. And Chris Paul's a wanker too sometimes, trying to grab the Greek fix arm to dislocate his shoulder on one play, thinking game five. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, now that well. series, the Greek Freak probably owns two um, super iconic plays in NBA history. The block on DeAndre Ayton off the alley-oop, recovering, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, to help, of help to do it. And then that um, Drew Holiday got the steal oh. off Booker and that alley-oop. alley-oop. That was yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was nice. So they were really two, good. two pretty big finals moments for sure. Yeah. That, and, you that, know, you talk they... about the Bucks as a small market team. Man, the kids love the Greek freak. You know, you see uh, kids getting around in bucks, hats and jerseys all over the place now and a big sell at Rebel Sports. So uh, mm. the small market team, you know, uh, yeah. w- w- with a play with global reach can really sort of tap into markets that, you know, far exceed what the US can offer. And I'd like the, the post-game interview straight away when he goes, uh, I did it, we built it up from the ground, we didn't create a super team, we and did it and it's like that then he was also kind of big fuck, fuck you to LeBron and yeah. <laughs> tongue in cheek requested Played a trade <laughs> yeah. a did a he, is that what he said yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear that I didn't hear him say yeah. that he just said yeah, oh, he had a few uh, a few funny press conferences um, you know what about him as a bit of a character like he, um, he he's there's you know as he's kind of been accustomed to lo- getting accustomed to life in the US and you know he tweeted things like a few years ago Oh, I just tried a smoothie today for the first time. Oh my God, where have these been all my life or whatever? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a, just different stuff. It's really quite amusing. So, but it's a, look, it's a, um, 
Hey, like it's an interesting one. There's plenty of good stories in that final series, right? Like, um, you know, like Chris Middleton, the like the Bucks kind of not the six man, but he, you know, this is a guy who's basically, you know, everyone's kind of like, well, he's good, but he's not that good. And, you know, he really stepped up in this playoffs to actually get him to the finals, really. Like, you know, um, when when Giannis was out, like, you know, if, if those guys don't step up, then, you know, guys like Chris Middleton don't play well, then they're not even there with a chance to win that championship, you know? Yeah. And then tonight, I bet he's on a plane to Tokyo ready for the Team team USA's first game, you know? So. How do you reckon that plane ride with uh, him and Holiday and Devin Booker's going to go now? <laughs> It'll be fine, mate. The, the thing is, is that those guys, are, they're all tight, right? Like, yeah, that's why... It's a, lot of, be- a lot of mutual respect. Because because players move so freely between teams these days, there's no rivalries really. Like all that shit about, you know, I don't like that bloke and he doesn't like me. That's the biggest load of shit ever, man. They're all so yeah. rich, they don't care. They're all laughing their heads off anyway. So what do you, do you think uh, Booker, will just, anyway. Booker will be next? So um, what do you guys get up to? Uh, you yeah. go anywhere? What do you do? <laughs> Um, well, it would be a different feeling though, getting on and someone's getting on like just fucking hungover as hell. <laughs> just going, yeah, let's get a Tokyo. And you're going, oh, no. <laughs> I do think, uh, you know, probably of the guys that you'd be happy to ride a plane with after just losing a championship to them, Middleton and uh, Holiday probably are one of the two more hu- humble guys. A guy, you know, who, who are some players you'd hate to share a plane ride after losing to in the finals? Embiid oh, would be one of them. You'd hate to yeah, lose that guy. You would too. Yeah. Well, actually, okay. Let me let me put it this: if us three were those three guys, and Nugget and I had just won the championship, and you were the one that lost Streety, how would that plane ride be? Because I can tell you, I, you wouldn't want to share the plane ride with me because I, can <laughs> I was, was going to say oh, I would rather I'd rather sit next to Nugget on the window and you be on the on the, on the aisle seat on the other side. I'll, I'll, I've just won the championship with you, and I wouldn't run a ride with you. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I wouldn't let you forget it for any minute of that twelve to fourteen hour plane journey in its entirety. And then while we're sitting there in the Tokyo in Tokyo airport, what would they test us for COVID for five hours or whatever? We go, hey, Shreedy, remember that time that I won the championship and you did it? That was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Hey, excuse me, Mr. Japanese official. Test him for some sort of championship because I've got it and he hasn't. <laughs> Well, Booker can he he can maybe maybe make make amends in Tokyo by winning a gold medal, but uh, it definitely will be won't, won't be as sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I think. Uh, it, look, it, it it was a good final series. It was good to see the NBA get their season out of the way without kind of a bubble and all that sort of stuff. And you know, to have fans there, you know, it felt like sport was back. You know, in time yeah, where we were all in lockdown, I thought it was a good thing to see. Hats off to watching games live, and you see the Phoenix crowd and the Bucks crowd, who are always mm. generally pretty good, just going off. And you know, that was really, and it makes such a difference watching, you know, replay oh, yeah. games of, of the bubble finals last year with zero atmosphere, you mm. know, with pu- pu- pumped in canned sound to real life energy. And the, yeah. the, the difference that makes, you know, can swing games. And, you know, that's, you know, in large part, probably what got the Bucks home in game six, that crowd. Well, that crowd outside the Fiserv Forum 65, for game 000. six. 
65,000 people outside in the. Might have to monitor those. Uh, the COVID spike in uh, downtown uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. After that, <laughs> I don't even know if they're. Are they still counting cases in the states, or are they just like fucking nah. everyone's got it? Like fucking, don't nah. worry about counting. Like they, fucking, they just don't get, worry. They, they just list the deaths and go, yeah, righto, this many died this week, righto. What it's about? What about if you're a contact tracer in the States? You'd just be sitting back at your desk going, fuck, I can't keep up. Fuck it. No chance. No chance. No, they, 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 they can't, a, they can't keep Random number generator. <laughs> they just tap into the random number generator. All right, what are we going to do today? Let's uh, bang, but set some parameters. Bang, here we go. Yeah. 16,593. It's like, you know, the meat raffles at the bowler. Oh, here yeah, we go. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, like it's pretty interesting to see that all that shit kind of go down. But anyway... It'd be tough. It'd be tough to, um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for those three guys to turn it around and play in the Olympics. Yeah, well, the USA have a bit of a shake-up with their roster uh, at the 11th hour. So, you know, hopefully their preparations are as disrupted as can possibly be. And that can only yeah, be the best for us. Let's talk about the Olympics. Olympics. Oh, we're on to the Olympics. Yeah. This is where we put in the uh, little uh, break between segments. But I'll put a real one if I can be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How, how long has it got? It was probably, would have been 2019, I guess, when we had this episode and we're talking about, or maybe start of 2020, will the Olympics happen? Yeah. You were famously start. quoted as saying the Olympics won't happen. Well, I, my comments, I think, well, if I remember correctly, were about whether they would happen in, in 2020, didn't I say? Was I, or was I, was I, I can be emphatic sometimes. I'm, oh, that's understandable. So. Yes. I don't know if we, we were talking about rescheduling, but it was more we were talking, will it go ahead? And you were flat out, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, definitely but, was emphatic about that, but maybe I was also. And I, I do tend to make bold statements. You boys know that. <laughs> and, you know, we are a podcast that doesn't fact check and, you know, it's biased and opinionated. So mm-hmm. anything we say has to be taken with a grain of salt. Yep, yep, yep. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I Look, the thing is, is that I am still a bit shocked that it is going ahead. Um, and I think it shows you the power of, of a body like the International Olympic Committee. Um, and, and, and it shows you probably the power of a TV broadcast deal that is so heavily centred on needing content. Um, I imagine NBC in the United States had a hell of a lot to do with this. They paid you know, a significant amount of money for the broadcast rights for the Olympics and it rates significantly high in the US and it's notorious. They're notorious for having influence in Olympic scheduling, Olympic locations, all that type of stuff. Olympic sports, like what is there that's actually in the games? Um, there's a reason why things like skateboarding and surfing are in the games because NBC wanted them in there. Uh, and so, you know, I am really, I am still pretty surprised that it's going ahead. But I'm super stoked. Like I'm a massive Olympics fan. You boys know that. Like I live for mm. it. So yeah. Know. And now I, I almost feel sorry for. The people of Japan, really, in that they, oh, I've never been there. It's something on the once, once. Oh, hopefully, when Brisbane comes around, we might be able to leave the country. But mm. um, the they're so nice people. It's such a nice culture, and mm. I mean, even it showed them. And they said protesters were there saying no to the Olympics. They're all there smiling and sort of going, they had no idea what they were saying. I don't think. Well, yeah, I think up, but... like here, here in Australia or in America, whatever, we write, fuck off Olympics. And the, yeah. the Japanese probably write, 
please go away, Olympics. You know? Please, <laughs> please, no Olympics or something. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, it is disappointing because there was such promise. J- uh, Japan is, you know, a technological leader. There's, you know, like oh. we, we, I think we spoke just the opportunities for tech to really be on show and just, you know, Japanese transport and all this crazy stuff that they could have had on board to, to make this Olympics something really well, so far apart yeah. from everything else. I, I guess that's what, I guess that's really, like that's what I kind of picking up from what Nug's saying is that, I feel really bad for the Japanese people because they can't enjoy it because mm. like, so, you know, I like there will be a, a really anti-Olympic sentiment over there, but I think the general rank, I just feel bad for them because they would have really enjoyed showing off their country and welcoming mm. people from across the world. And, and they just won't be able to do it. So it is a shame. I feel like the Olympics are probably missing something this time around um, just because of the fact that, that that's not going to be able to happen, you know, like you're not going to see that cultural and, 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 you know, uh, nationalistic side of the Olympics, I guess. And, and you so, almost, you almost feel for the um, athletes as well in terms yeah. of, well, we spoke about the NBA crowds and, you know, sharing that moment with the crowd and when the crowd's backing you, we see at every Olympics, it's some absolute dark horse from the host nation come out and it, you know, it could be random, it could be a weightlifter, it could be something. And all of a sudden the home crowd absolutely gets behind them and mm. blitzes the gold medals. Yeah, That moment. And look, don't get me wrong. You win a gold in the Olympics. You, well, imagine trying to pry that away from Macca for, I don't know what he'd be in there for, but you know, if he ever won one, <laughs> skeet shooting for sure. Yeah, skeet shooting, yep, yeah. yeah. But again, you would never take that away from an athlete that you've got a gold medal. But again, at the same time, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that this Olympics of, of that yeah. hometown well, it, person. You yeah, know, it's like there's so many examples of athletes from host nations that have lifted to the occasion, right? Like, like in in you know, like you, you, Sydney 2000 Olympics. I think you said it earlier, Trudy. Would Kathy Freeman have run as fast if she didn't have that crowd behind her? I was there that night, by the way, boys. But uh, like in the crowd. But I think um, it's it's a good point, Nug, because I think what we'll be missing from some of this is potentially that national hero, you know, from Japan who stepped up and made the Olympics their own, you know. Um, and you know, Naomi Osaka was the face of the games, but she won't be competing for various reasons. Um, and you know, it's, it is a bit sad that that is missing. And for the Japanese athletes, I think not to get the opportunity to compete in front of their family, friends and home crowd, that, that is sad. That does suck, you know? Um, but I, I know having, having spoken to the family of an Olympic athlete. So, so Tristan Hollard, who's part of the Australian swim team, I'm lucky enough to be, to know his parents. Um, I can tell you that the sentiment, at least in the Australian swim team is, you know, this is no different to any other games in terms of the amount of work they've had to put in to get there. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. so it means, I think the thing that thing that I'm excited by is the people that are there. It doesn't mean any less to them because the crowds aren't there. They, you know, it will be, it will be different and they'll have to adjust to it, but the amount of work that somebody like Tristan has put in. I mean, this is a kid, you know, from our local area who backed himself. I know his parents said to him, you know, probably three and a half years ago or so, maybe four years ago, when he left university and moved to the Gold Coast to 
pursue this particular like uh, profession, they said to him, "You're crazy. You, it's not going to happen for you." You know, I think you think you need to go to university, and he backed himself, and he's put in the hard work, and he's put in the sacrifices, and he's made the team. And for him, if he swims an Olympic final, mate, that'd be like winning a medal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so. You know, there'd be a thousand Tristan Hollards out there in that particular Olympic village, mate, waiting for their chance. So, you know, it's cool that I think regardless of the lack of crowds, mate, the Olympics is still going to throw up some pretty good stories. Yeah. Mm. It always does. Can't wait. So talking of stories, boys, what is going to be the story of these games for the Australian team? What do we think is going to be the highlight? Is this going to be... Australia dominates the medal count, goes top 10 in terms of the medal tally, or are we up for a bit of a hard time? I think we're going to do better than what we did Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, let's, let's, how many gold medals did we get at Rio? Nine or something? Uh, I'll, fact that, I'll fact check that. Stand by. Thanks, Nugget. Yeah. So, in my mind, I thought. My gold medal tip was 13. I think we'll get okay. 13, 13 gold medals. Yeah. And I, th- I think that will be a slight improvement on what we did in Rio, but usually on par with most Olympics, with the exception of Sydney, where we did really, really well, obviously, yeah. because it's a, it's a home, home Olympics. Yeah. All right. So, so we eight. Is that all? Eight gold, 11 silver, 10 bronze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, what did that put us on the medal tally overall? Is that 10th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we'll easily crack the top 10. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 13 golds is, is my, my tip, my benchmark. Yep, 13 golds, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, <clears throat> have you got any particular picks, Streetive, where you think they'll come from? Right. You got any well, I mean, things? We're obviously going to win some in swimming, right? But, uh, you know, um, there's, well, there's always... That's, a... what, that's what we thought in Rio. And it yeah. didn't go overly well. Yeah. Well, the thing I, about... think, I, I think be, be, being in a time zone that's relatively similar to ours, you know, I think that helps to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rio is as far as ways can get in terms of a time zone to us. Yeah. Um, so we're a bit more sort of, you know, on, on the circadian rhythm, so to speak, uh, yep. with Tokyo being only two hours ahead. Yep. Um, listen, uh, two, two gold medal tips for me. I think uh, number one, uh, Julian Wilson in the surfing. Um, recently retired from the ATP. So this is his uh, final o- overseas event for a while. Yep. Yeah. He announced that on his Instagram last week. Uh, so I think he'll win a surfing gold medal for Australia. Yep. And then I'm going to take uh, Ash Barty in the tennis. I think uh, she yeah, can, yeah. Yeah. She, she, she'll win that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good tip around Ash Barty. I didn't know Julian Wilson retired from the ATP. He's only relatively young, isn't he? So. Yeah. Um, his reasoning was use this opportunity with, you know, restrictions for travel to stay at home with his family and put a priority in that. He's got a young young family with a okay. you know, uh, young son and daughter. Uh, yep. And now, now resides in Newcastle, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. And surf's been great down in Merriweather, so why would you want to go anywhere else? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep, fair enough. Nug, you got any tips for gold medals, mate? Mate, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm madly looking through here, but I mean, 
it's I always love to see when we just get something random. Now yeah. it started to become a staple after uh, what's his name, Michael Diamond. Oh yeah. Now we didn't feature it anywhere in shooting. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, was that fast? Was that Barcelona? No, it was one before Atlanta. Sydney. Atlanta. Atlanta was ninety six. Yeah, when Michael yeah, Diamond that, first won. Michael Diamond first won, and see mm. all of a sudden. And I was going to get onto this topic, but oh, well, we'll bring it up now. But just random sports that you, because then guaranteed you were watching Michael Diamond come next Olympics and going, oh, geez, he should have raised it, raised it up a bit there. What was our, yeah, yeah. what about, we become professionals. Yeah. One of our random gold medals in Rio, uh, was it, was she the modern pentathlete or the heptathlon? The, um... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was the modern pen, it was the te- pentathlon. Yeah. It's where they do yeah. a bit of shooting and running and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Between, yeah. 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 And see, I love to see that, to be honest. So, so I mean, I'm just looking up now who were that was for the Chloe canoe. Esposito. Yes. Yeah, that's her. Yep. Yeah. From Melbourne. Yep. Yep. Gold I'm medal. Yep. So, I'm just looking up uh, who we've got in the canoe slalom. Jessica Fox. She's yeah, I, I like going. her. Jess Jess Fox is is on track for probably a bit of a brace. She could she could be on track for a brace of gold medals at this Olympics. Um, so she's got she the two events she's got it probably favorite in is the C one and the K one. So yep. um, so she's you know, she's a good chance of a gold medal or a medal of some description. Um, which which okay, a bit of uh, trivia here for you too. She on well at least her heat and the heat times uh, to make the Olympics was the slowest scraped in. Yep, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scraped in. So yep. uh, yeah, just looking that up. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, yeah, I'm no expert. I oh, know neither any of us are. But at the same time, uh, I couldn't really give you a rent. But that's what I I, I love to see is just a random sport. And I mean, yeah. look, that's what the Olympics is all about. Watching a random sport that, I mean, I can tell you if slalom canoeing was on tonight, I'm not watching it. <laughs> whereas if it's into, whereas in a week's time, guaranteed, guess what's on my TV? Yep. I, I still remember vividly when Debbie Flintoff King won her gold medal from Seoul in 1988. I was only eight or nine years old then, but that sticks very vivid. I was at my grandma's house in Canberra. Yep. Just remember that very vividly. Um, that the 88 Olympics in Seoul yep. was when was where my love of the Olympics kind of started. So where Duncan um, Armstrong, didn't he win a gold there as well? He did. Yeah. Coached by Laurie Lawrence. Yeah. Yep. So, um, cause he was the biggest thing in, in Australia for a while. Duncan. Duncan yeah. He was probably one of the, yeah, he was, he was like the, the Kellogg's Nutrigrain type guy, you know, yep. like he was got a lot of endorsements out of all of that sort of stuff. Um, but I like so yeah like I my love affair with the Olympics started probably around about then when um, when we also had a family holiday that we used to take out to Burundong Dam and uh, the parents there's about four or five families and the parents held what was called the Burundong Burundong Olympics uh, and <laughs> tied it in and we did a lot of events and gave out gold medals and that sort of stuff and I was hooked. Were right? you a mascot? Uh, yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was. I a certificate of participation. Yeah, I, I didn't get many medals. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, I didn't get many medals. I wasn't. I wasn't as athletic back then as I am now, fellas. So. 
Yeah, uh, Trish, uh, Trish would have looked after you, mate, and just come on yeah, in. Here you go. Here we go. Here we go. Give Ian one, otherwise you'll cry again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're right, Nug. That that random kind of event that really is only at the Olympics. You know, like I mean, you know, it's funny asking you boys what are the medal chances in this particular Olympics. Neither of you really know, right? Like. Uh, and because you don't follow too many of the Olympic sports outside of the Olympics, right? Like, you know, swimming, I'm a massive fan of swimming, but you boys wouldn't have followed anything to do with swimming in the last four years. Like, that's one of the ones that, you, you know, you know some of the names, but you're not sure, you know, are they, are they good worldwide? How will they track? You know, like who's actually who in the zoo, you know? Um, that's the beauty of the Olympics, I think, sometimes. It means yeah. that you're kind of watching somebody that you it's not a Giannis Antetokounmpo it's a you know an Ariana Titmus who you know is going to probably bring home three gold medals for us but you know like she's she is a household name but only to people only people during the Olympic cycle so and a sport that we we tend to dominate in but doesn't really get much publicity at all is our track cycling team they're always very good I think we'll do pretty well on this year again Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always seem to be strong there, and there's always really good. Uh, you know, I think uh, we've got a couple of world champions in the mix at the moment for, yep. from our, our track cyclists. So, and that's definitely another sport that, yeah, I'm not watching track cycling from anywhere, but yet, yeah, well, when that's on, oh, it's awesome in the it. Olympics. It's unreal to you watch. Get into him. It yeah. is, and it, and you go, oh bloody the Kieran, I love the Kieran. The Kieran's yeah, one of my yeah. bloody favourite events. <laughs> and then the bloke who's commentating has to explain to you how the Kieran works. <laughs> but, but you go, oh, that's probably, oh, yeah, that's bloody right. It's a points race. Yeah, it's a bloody points race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah As we so. sit there we're in, uh, screaming at the TV going, come on, put it in. Yeah, <laughs> we're, in we're in Port Macquarie a couple of weeks ago and they had one of the radio stations and they had, um, oh, it was his name, Steve, someone who's on, the, on one of the talk, 10 talk shows, but he hosted a radio show as well. And he had a couple of guys on that uh, were doing the ABC radio broadcast from Sydney. And so they had to broadcast some events just via a mobile phone call in. And mm-hmm. one, one, one young guy was commentating the archery or the shooting, I think, I think it was archery. He, mm-hmm. he commented an archery gold medal for Australia and he's doing it on the phone. And then they came and said, you can't commentate live over a phone. You have to turn it off. And he's like, well, no one's going to hear it. So he just snuck around a corner and was watching it and just talking on the phone, commentating live this, this gold medal win by an Australian archer. And it was just, I, I, I mean, I remember what, I, I, you know, it was, uh, mm. I've seen the TV footage after he won it, but yeah, just the story of this Hamish McDonald, I think his name was. No, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a journo, I think now. And he has Hamish, a McDonald, he, Hamish McDonald, the, he was just the host of Q&A. He just resigned from Q&A. Well, it wasn't him, it was someone else. Anyway, yeah. so whoever was a journo now, he's, I think he's a politician in Queensland, but yeah, yeah, um, okay. yeah he was re, re, recalling that, that live call. And then there's another guy that, um, he's a bit more well known, but he was commentating women's water polo, and you know when he was he was screaming in the phone, but his voice broke. <laughs> oh, you're throwing! <laughs> still, still cop shit about it, but you know when they scored it one one second ago and did it over a phone, and this is all pre sort of you know big internet and and uh, you know Facebook and social media. So yeah, I think there'll be a bit of uh, commentating over the phone going on this time around. So and speaking yeah. of commentary, are we in HG back doing anything? Yeah, they're doing a they're doing kind of like a um, like some type Not, of Olympic podcast type thing, nightly catch up or something. Yeah, well, there's on the a radio. show on Channel Seven at the moment with Hamish and Andy and some other guy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. they're all well. We're wearing those uh, 
tracksuit tops that were famous for around the 2004 uh, Greek Olymp uh, Athens Olympics. That's sort of, uh, here we go. If you've got Channel 7 on your TV, it's right. Got just... I think they might have um, a cyclist on the interview panel. I don't know if it's enemies, it might be someone. Yeah, and as, and as part of the games coverage this time around, they've picked her up. So that's a big pickup. Yeah, yeah. mm. Andrew Bogart will be commentating the uh, basketball. So, so I'm glad you boys asked who I thought was going to win gold medals because I got a bit of a list. All right, let's go. Hit us with it. <laughs> so, uh, well, I I do agree that I think Ash Barty is going to win the tennis, the women's singles tennis. Uh, I think our golfers will probably take home a gold medal. Um, I think. All right, now, can I just ask? I think we've spoken this before, but should golf be Olympic sport? Well, uh, why shouldn't it? No, it's a good question, but why should it? <laughs> well, it's a pretty. It comes, back, comes back to the to the ratings thing. Do people watch golf? Yes. Hmm. So let's get it in there. It's like, well, you look at the list: three on three basketball, BMX freestyle. Yep. Um. I can't, I can't get on board with three and three, but they've already got normal basketball. I'm not sure why you have to have a different form of basketball in the Olympics. But I, I, Skate, we spoke about this a while back, but you know, mm. all these new wave sports coming in because tell me what kids into modern pentathlon or you know, or some of those older yeah. track and field events or mm. you know, synchronized swimming and who, who actually does that. But yeah, I understand yeah, exactly. the games evolved, but yeah, Skate it's, uh, well, it's all I've about seen that. It's all just out about we're trying to be relevant, isn't it? So. What's, exactly. what's sport climbing? Sport climbing is like a, it's like indoor rock climbing, except it's on an indoor rock climbing wall and it's for mm. speed, basically, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, so, and they set different routes and different, different kind of complexities of well, the way you've got to get up the wall. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. I'll be watching that one. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So, again, it's all about trying to compete with things like the X Games and those type of competitions as well for people's attention. So, which we have sort of touched on X Games influence on Olympic Games yeah. many, many episodes yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So continuing my list, the women's <laughs> swim team is going to dominate. Um, they're going to take it up to the Americans. The men's swim team, not so much. But the, the women's team, you'll see gold medals from Kaylee McEwen. You'll see gold medals from Emma McKean. Uh, and you'll see a gold medal from Ariana Titmus, but you'll also see a couple of relay gold medals as well, boys. Cop the tip right here. That's what you'll see. Um, you may see something out of Kate Campbell, but I suspect it won't be a gold. Uh, I suspect it will probably be a silver. Uh, I think you will see at least one gold medal out of Jess Fox, who you guys mentioned in the past. I think... I generally my list is fairly dominated by female athletes for Australia this this time around. I think we're yep. going to think the girls are going to bring it home for us. Um, I think you'll see a sneaky gold medal in the surfing from Sally Fitzgibbon. So yep, um, we, could, we that's, could do the ooh. double. Yeah, yep, yep. That's a bit of a um, that's kind of a bit of a bit of a like a sly little one. I think she'll she'll go okay. I think we will also potentially see. I reckon a gold in some team sports. Um, I think you will see uh, – I think you'll probably see a gold in the field hockey. So, yep. Um, Always been pretty strong hockey. Yep, probably the men's. 
field hockey. What about uh, Matildas with Sam Kerr, one of the best female players in the world? You won't see gold from them. You, they may scrape home for a medal, but for those for that team, I think a top, a, like if they could make the the top four, then in their competition, I think they'd be extremely happy with that as an outcome. The women's soccer competition at the Olympics is is extremely competitive. Uh, it doesn't have the same age rules as the men, um, and it's probably one of the premier competitions. And the Matildas really aren't that competitive. They yep. they they probably won't medal, um, to be honest. They and they're in the group of death, right? So they won against New Zealand yesterday. They play Sweden on Saturday. Sweden beat the US three 0 in their first round game, mate. They'll be lucky to get out of that 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 group, to be honest. They've got to yeah. beat either Sweden or the United States, who are probably the two best side, two best sides in the Sweden world. Sweden won the last Women's World Cup, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They beat the US. Yeah. They're probably the only team to have beaten the US on in anything in that particular sport. So um, you will see a couple of medals from the cyclists. I think you'll see a gold medal on the road. I think it'll be Rowan Dennis in the men's individual time trial. So cop the tip boys, watch that. That's always exciting. Individual time trial. Triathlon's got a couple of new formats, right? So instead of just a men's and a women's competition this time around, they're doing a mixed team relay. So, um, I think Australia will be pretty strong in that. Uh, so I think that'll be pretty interesting to see. Uh, I don't really know. The rugby sevens team, the women's rugby sevens team is an interesting one. They made some pretty weird uh, selections moving, going into these games. Um, didn't select Ellie Green and a couple of others. That really? Probably expected. Yeah, she didn't get picked. She was the face of the team last time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, in terms of one of my passions, the athletics in terms of the running and some of the longer distance events, there's a guy called Stuart McSween or Swain. So he's in the 1500 meters, right? See the guy that goes to Oregon, the runner in, in Oregon that ran in the college championships? Yes, I believe he is. From Gosford? Yep. yep. Yeah. I think so. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think he is going to medal, but I don't know what colour. Um, it's such a it, – it's a sport. The 1,500 metres, you've got to basically – it's a lot of race craft, I guess is what they call it. So you've got to position yourself well. You've got to jostle for position. If you use all your energy doing that, then you basically cost yourself. He's a guy who finally seems to have learnt that craft, and but, but the but, – the African nations are fantastic at it. And, you know, a lot of it can depend on who kind of wins that battle rather than who's the fastest runner. So um, that'll be interesting. I think we'll actually get a couple of, potentially a couple of golds, but definitely a few medals in the rowing, right? In the rowing. Yeah, traditionally a good, so, good rowing nation. Yeah, yeah. So I think our women's eight team are a pretty good chance. I think the women's fours team are a good chance. Um We'll we'll see some medals out of that particular part of the the um, the team from Australia. Were you disappointed you didn't get your contract offer from Channel Seven to be a, a co-commentator for the game team, Maka? Mate, I uh, <laughs> mate, I'm preparing like I am anyway. I would have been happily taken any type of role with Channel Seven in the broadcast team. So uh, it would have been I would have welcomed it, mate. I, that's why I've put in 55 hours of sports and spit. So. 
Uh, and the rest. Happy to. Yep. <laughs> it's been absolutely. a good apprenticeship. It has been, definitely. We're still learning and we're still learning. But then the there'll be a heap of medals. Like this, The men's swim team will still bring home silver and bronze. I don't think we'll bring home many gold. Um, but um, I think, you know, we will still do pretty well there. There'll be a couple of medals out of our sailing team as well. So, oh, yeah, we're always pretty good at sailing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're usually pretty competitive, but there'll be a couple there. There's like the about Belmont 16 footers will be raging. There's no, uh, will be. they love it. They definitely love it. The outreach, the outreach family, a well known sailing family through Newcastle. I'll be cheering the boys on because they'll have a couple of competitors in there, no doubt. Now, the other two medals, boys, and I, you know, we'll talk a bit probably more in depth about these two particular teams, but the Boomers and the Opals because we are basketball fanatics. Yes. I am tipping the Boomers for a medal. I'm not going to tell you boys what colour I think it will be because I don't want to jinx the team. You boys are very familiar with the Macca curse. I will not saddle this Boomers team with that. Right? Uh, so, But I believe that they will medal and I also believe the Opals will medal as well. Even without Liz Cambridge. Well, I'm going to I'm going to split them here only one will medal only one of those teams yep only one of the men they won't both medal which one as do you think to, it'll be which is more likely well as to which I'll tell you after the episode uh, <laughs> well fuck it I'll tell you what Boomers are going to get a medal are they Opals yeah. oh, I don't think so Boomers yes no, yeah I don't, uh, yeah fuck you'd love to see it wouldn't you <laughs> Naka, yeah, mate. I asked you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boomers released a new Olympic logo uh, last week, and I said, if the Boomers won the gold medal, mm-hmm. would you get it tattooed on your ass cheek? <laughs> and I believe that I said no. I'll get it tattooed on my cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I need I needed the ass cheek, but uh, okay, maybe. Did not not going to those. Are you okay? You, you did. You did. We potentially will all be together for this event uh, if yeah, things yeah. go to plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it safe to say that if the Boomers win a gold medal, yeah, will you cry like a baby? Will you shed yep. a tear if they win? Yep, definitely. I'll shed a tear if they don't win. Right. Like <laughs> I, so. So I like I yeah I'd cry either way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so as I said to you boys, like uh, my love of the Olympics first started when I was about eight years old, which is probably just, just after I got into basketball. I have followed the Boomers for, for so many years and I've watched so many games and, and I do feel like I've been on a journey with those guys of wanting to see them win a medal and, and in particular, this particular group of Boomers, right? So the guys like Paddy Mills, the guys like Joe Ingalls, all those guys that have put so much effort into this. I feel like I, you know, it's not because I'm involved with the team or anything along those lines. I'm not, right? But what I mean is just having watched them, uh, you know, the I'm more passionate about the Olympics than I am about probably any other sporting event across the world. And that says a lot because I love sport. Um, but for me basketball at the Olympics has always been what I've watched every bit of it that I could. And I just know how much it means to these guys. And it would, yeah, it would mean heaps to me. Yeah. I probably will cry. 
um, that is how much it probably means to me. I think yeah. I would I would definitely shed a tear if they won, no mm. doubt, because I, I did the same when the Sharks won the grand final in the footy, and that for me was my pinnacle. But I think if I was ever given the choice, you know, hand on heart, gun to the head, if you could take a Cronulla winning a grand final, the Boomers winning a gold medal, yeah, I'm not sure what I'd take. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you'd take, Switch. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's already yeah, happened, so we both know what you would take. But... <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like, but basketball is my sport. Always has been. Always will be. You know, the Sharks are my favourite team, but so it's uh, across any sport. But basketball is mm. kind of my thing. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Um, but do you think that's Streety? Do you think that's probably because? So realistically, when. In all my years of following basketball, did I ever think that even talking about the Boomers winning a gold medal would be a possibility? No, I mm. didn't, right? Like in 88, when we kind of first picked up the Olympics, that was four years just before the Dream Team. And the Dream Team was so dominant. And the US has been so dominant through all the years that we've been following basketball. And I know that they've been beaten and I know they haven't won the gold medal and all that kind of stuff. But was Australia ever up there? No, they weren't. But but that's probably why it me, would mean more to me than a my football team winning a premiership or or you know anything along those lines. Just for the simple fact that the Sharks go around every year, the Olympics happen once every four years, and it's never the same team. Right? I think in terms so, of a lasting impact, a gold medal for your your country in the sport you love. Mm. Um, in a sport that we haven't dominated, we've been good at, but not dominated. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it. I think yeah. it definitely probably holds. You know, it, it sits higher. Well, it just holds so much weight for me because I just never thought that it would ever happen, right? Yeah. I, like, and and geez, we've sat through some third and fourth place playoffs, you know, and come away with fourth a lot. You know, that's that's also what builds it up. You know, like, mm. um, you know, when when the Boomers made the made the medal rounds, you know at the 2000 Olympics and, you know, like that's where the heartache and the heartbreak kind of first started, you know, because we, we kind of, it was like, hold on a second. We could, this is possible, right? Like we belong here. We didn't just get here because other people fell down. We belong here. Yeah. Um, and in the last couple of years, the last, both at the Rio Olympics and the last world championships, we totally shat the bed. Right, like we didn't just belong there. We were favourites, and we should have taken home a medal. We uh, fucked that. Yeah, fucked and so, you know, yeah, mate. Yep, I probably it. Yeah, it means a lot. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, if if we go back to, I don't think I've known disappointment sitting there and you know, a mate's land room when we lost that world championship. No, no. That was the. Uh, that Olympic. was the Rio. That was the Rio Olympics. That yep. and then uh, and then sitting in my own lounge room a couple of years ago, watching us blow the semi and then the the bronze medal game, just happened yep. again. It's just like I can't believe yep. this. This is. We were up by sixteen points in the in the World Cup in the third and fourth place playoff with mm, seven or eight minutes to go. Yeah. Yep. Bad, bad yeah. coaching cost that. And then, uh, so the coach isn't there. We've got a different coach. Mm. I'm, I'm happy with this particular coach. But out of our roster, where do you think the biggest improvements have been made with past teams? And, and, and who, who, do you th- who do you think of the, the, that guy or those two guys that's, you know, maybe going to get us over the hump? Uh, I'm happy to answer that. You want me to answer that first, no? 
Yeah, you're right. Defense, defense, wing defense. So that is talking about Matisse Thibel, right? Not just Matisse Thibel, but Dante Exum. Right. So Mm. those are the two guys. Those are the two guys that'll be the difference between this team winning a medal and other teams not winning a medal. So that's that's in two areas. One is in in defense and the athleticism that those guys bring. Um, and the second area then is in the speed at which they want to play the game, right? So Dante and Matisse are athletic and want to play an up-paced game, which when you have a look at the way that the team played at the World Cup, with Joe Ingles being a primary ball handler once Mel- Della Vadova kind of tired, um, we were a very structured half-court kind of game. Those two guys give us a completely different look and make it exponentially harder to scout against us because when you play them, then you can change styles in the middle of a game. And that's a significant difference. And that will make it really hard for some teams to kind of figure us out. Um, I'm hoping that because the Olympics is a shortened tournament in that as opposed to the World Cup, there's 12 teams, not 16 that that will be a fairly significant competitive advantage. That the ability to hit quick and hit hard and not be scouted properly will actually give us a significant advantage. Those are the two guys, if they play well, then I think they can get us over the line. That's the big difference between this team and the previous teams I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And, I mean, mine, well, with Matisse, we know what you're getting. You're bringing that energy He's youthful, but he wants yeah. to go get it. Exum, he's one that definitely needs to step up. I think he's he's pretty much the shoulders that it's going to be of where we stand. Matisse, yeah. though, can't do it all on his own. Same with, like, well, in Paddy, we trust. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Uh, but at the same time, Exum needs to turn up. The other one that I had was, and you mentioned him there, was Joe Ingalls. He... Wouldn't say goat went missing in those previous years, but at the same time, his tournaments seemed to start off killer and then went downhill. Yep. Now, whether or not that was a fatigue thing, an injury thing, I don't know, but maybe a confidence thing. Because the thing is, I see him coming in now with so much confidence that, and I think he's got that from playing ball with the Jazz. And he's, he's, he's that unstructured and just, I think a lot of players in the NBA, and that's why he's still successful in the NBA, they still haven't worked him out. Yeah, and they're yeah. playing him every, well, what feels like every couple of weeks. Yeah. To be honest, when you're watching him, you still don't really work out because he does something brilliant. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, you go, what was that? Or whatever that yeah. might be. Well, so, then if you think I, with Joe, make a reference that Joe was a primary ball handler for us last time where he right. can be a bit more off-ball now. And, exactly. You know, exactly. you can have Exum yeah. or even Delhi, And I think Delhi probably... He'll, have, he'll start, but he may not have the, the big minutes that he did the last two tournaments. Um, yeah. Exum has it as an ability, as not a great shooter, but you know, not not to draw a direct comparison to the Greek freak, but you know, um, from the three point line, um, Exum is, is a dribble, spin, one foot takeoff, and then he's he's, he's able to hit a layup yeah. with both hands yeah. from either side of yeah. the ring. So and, that, and that so helps we, a lot. We, and the players we have, we, we don't need him to be a shooter. We don't need him to shoot the lights out. But that quick off the dribble and, like Maka said, how quickly we can go. Because mm. Ingalls isn't quick by any means. At the yeah. same time, though, he finds himself in the right spot. You hit him, bang. Well, um, like for me, the difference, one of the differences 
that the boomers are going to have to find is is somebody that can create their own shot other than Pat Mills, right? And and Dante Exum has the ability to do that when he when you're talking about a shot at the ring, um, so something close to the basket, but outside of that, he doesn't have that ability. So Joe Ingles is not that guy either. Uh, and what Joe gets is really good looks within the Utah offense. And he's fantastic at that. And he deserves his NBA contract and all those type of things. But because he's not that player for his team on a daily basis, he's not going to be that player for the boomers either. Um, and, and so a viable second offensive option is going to be a weakness for us. We're going to need somebody to step up each game and whether that's Matisse Thibel with points in transition, whether that's Chris Goulding with good shooting um, or whether that is a Dante Exum with a, you know, getting downhill and getting to the basket. I don't know, but it's going to have to be somebody. It could be Joe Ingles on a nightly basis shooting the ball in good spots, but we're going to need that somebody to do that. So. One of the knocks on Thibault with the Sixers was uh, obviously a great defender, you know, only averaged 22 minutes a game but made second team all defence. So that, that end of the floor we've improved dramatically on athleticism on the break, offensive rebound, um, deflections, all that sort of stuff. It's something he gives us that we've never had. We would have had a little bit of that with, uh, or a lot of that with Ben Simmons, uh, but unfortunately we won't have him. But, you know, pretty good replacement with with what we got in, in Thibault. Yeah. Um, the knock on Thibault, good good corner shooter, but you know, pretty ordinary from, from range. But the beauty about FIBA ball is that three-point line is a little bit closer than the NBA three-point line. He's yep. been shooting three really quite well yep. in our practice games. Um, now there's a podcast of Bill Simmons over in the States talks about young guys playing international comps and really taking a leap. You know, that, yep. that international play helps them. I kind of see the same for Thibault, um, particularly if the Sixers are looking to trade Simmons. You know, yep. Thibault can really sort of, you know, step up, get a lot of confidence from a good international tournament, shoot well, the ball well and come uh, into yeah. a bigger role in his, with his NBA team. I mean, don't forget, this is a guy that's getting paid $2.5 million a year, which is a really small wage in the NBA, right? This is a guy mm. who's playing for a big contract. He wants to be seen as being a valuable member of a team, right? And that's why he's playing. Um, look, the reality for us is our biggest two weaknesses are shooting, on a consistent basis. So will Chris Goulding shoot as well as what he has? Will Joe Ingles shoot as well as, well as what he has? And if they don't, who will shoot well? Will it be Matisse Thibel? You know, we don't have too many more other reliable shooters. We just didn't pick them. But Aside that's like Mills. Yeah, but you can scout that, right? And Pat hasn't, Pat hasn't, Patty hasn't really shot that well in the warm-up games either, which is a bit of a concern. Um, so when we talk about luck, the luck that we're going to have to get, which every team has to get to win a medal or even a gold one, it's going to have to be shooting. We're going to have to get, have some guys get pretty hot. Um, but the biggest weakness I think is our lack of an inside rim protector, um, and, and somebody that actually pick and rolls rather than picks and pops. So I like, you know, the loss of Andrew Bogut is big for us. Uh, definitely. So his absence, whilst we've added those two guys in Dante and Matisse, that's a pretty big gap to fill, um, especially for a guy who could pass as well as Bogut as well from the high. Do we think Bogut had just a little bit more left in the tank that he could have saved himself for this Olympic run or he was just really that, that done? I think his body was done, mate. I think his body was, I think his body was done at the last world cup, to be honest. Like, I think we were lucky to get, even another tournament out of him. Uh, and I think the Kings were lucky to get a season out of him. 
it's interesting. It probably showed you because he had so many injuries that were like car crash injuries, like where the, the poor guy just fucking, you know, he couldn't have avoided them. Uh, I, for him to have gotten an MVP in the NBL as competitive as what it is now, you know, it probably shows you with the body that he had at the time, he, you know, he would have killed that league, you know, when he was in his prime and he probably would have killed the NBA if he'd stayed healthy. Well, he was third team all NBA back in, Whatever year it was, two thousand nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that, so yeah. Look, I, you know, I look. Unfortunately, because of my cardiac pacemaker, I won't be able to get a tattoo on my car. Um, <laughs> but uh, because the risk of infection will be too high. But uh, uh, and also, <laughs> I would suggest uh, there's some, probably some other reasons. But it would mean a huge deal, mate. Like watching the Boomers win a medal, it feels like it's. Feels like it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Mm. And let's just say Aaron, Aaron Scissor Kick Baines can um, <laughs> get that under 14's girl's uh, three point shot out of his system and just shoot it properly. So that it'll kick. Just it'll get, ins- kick. get inside, big fella. Get inside. Yeah. Well, he's the guy that he, he's the guy is as much well, as I hate that, to that's say it. it. He's a pick and pop, not, not a pick and roll. But, you know, like in, in that, uh, was it Rio? Him, yeah. him and Delhi just worked that pick and roll really well. So they well, heaps, yeah. heaps of lobs from Delhi in, in Rio. Yeah, he did. He picked and rolled in Rio, but he picked and popped in the World Cup. Because China. the NBA changed it. The NBA game changed. And in order to get yeah. paid, he just became a yeah. – thought he was a adequate yeah. shooter. And he shot the ball well in that tournament. Uh, he's not shooting the ball that well this year in the NBA, and he hasn't shot the ball that well in the warm-up game. So it'll be interesting. What do you boys make of the Opals' chances? Without Liz Cambridge, easily their best player from a talent perspective. I'm not familiar with a heap of their players, to be honest. Um, they've had a bit of a change in the guard. That um, who, who, Who's yeah, our best player at the moment? Uh, well, well, like so, Ezzy McBegger, who she's, she's developing into probably the dominant post player for the Opals. She, she, her, like her, the development of her game has been pretty significant over the last two years. Um, she stepped up against the US in Liz's absence. There's a few really good players in that team that have played in the WNBA for a while. Leilani Mitchell is the veteran there, and she's going to have to play a big role for them. Um, but there's a few people that I think kind of got overlooked, right? Like Beck Allen, who's been playing with the New York Liberty for a while. She's pretty good, man. Like, she's probably got one of the sweetest strokes I've seen in a while. Um, and she's coming back from a knee injury, but she's kind of – she's pretty good. Um, she'll be a pretty big piece for them. Even Katie Ray Ebsery, right? Like, I mean, when she made the transition to point guard a couple of years ago, you know, she's solid, man. She is that player who is – she's not flashy on the court, but she's always reliable and you always want her on there. Um, Former guest of Sports and Spit, Katie Ebsery. She is. That's right. So, um, look, there's you know there's a ton of good players there. Um, I like. I really. I you know. I really do hope the Opals win win another medal. I hope they get a chance to play the US in the gold medal game because I think it will be a cracker of a game. Yeah, yeah well, we, and we I... beat him in the beat him in the trial game the other day. Minus Cambridge. So amongst yep. all that, we beat him after we our player gets uh, punted. We yep. did, and I, I suppose that that's sort of well, 
if you were coaching that team, it was sort of the perfect team for the Avalanche because that's the thing that, as Mac has sort of alluded to there, we don't have a standout superstar that we're going to go into. So to be honest, and we go back to scouting, it is going to make it hard for other teams to scout us because we're not always going to one player. We're not always going out to the wing. We're not. And I think that's where that game against the US, well, sort of, it, we we stifled the US because they didn't know where we were going. And yeah. to be honest, we played out of our skin in that yeah. those girls played awesome. So it, it'll be a tough tournament for them. Um, it'll be a medal that they'll definitely have to earn, but at the same time, it's not out of reach by any any stretch. Um, no. Against those, well, against those bigger teams that where they've they've got a big big bopper in in the middle. Well, they'll, they'll adjust to that. But yeah, look, I I rate them off and said that they're not going to get a medal, but at the same time, they play and they don't have to play to that level every single game. But at the same time, come those quarterfinals and when it starts to go to medals, um, they do. They have to all play out of their skin. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I think it's going to be two pretty cracking tournaments, right? Like there's some pretty good teams in both sides of the men's and women's draw. Mm. You know, whatever you see, mate, you'll see some good basketball. I'm sure you'll see your buddy Luka Doncic try and win a medal. You know. <laughs> Um, I know, I'm very confident he, he could absolutely do that, a bronze. Um, yeah. Let me tell you this. If fucking Luka Doncic and Slovenia win the bronze medal playoff against Australia and you and I together, I'm taking it out on you. <laughs> that means you've got, you've got to get a Luka tattoo on your cock, Switchy. Yeah. Good <laughs> Hold on. Just... Can I clear something up? There will be no no chance in hell I'll be cheering for Luca over the Boomers. You've got to get Luca. Mate, he's the white goat. Apparently, he's better than Larry Bird. He is, is, but it doesn't mean I'm going to cheer for him if he's he plays my country. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if he wins a bronze medal before the Boomers do, I'm holding you down and giving you that tattoo on your cock, fucking regardless of what you say. Yeah, Maka, uh, in terms of productivity in the next fortnight, you're working from home with your, yes. your role. Um, yes, yes I, am. What, I am. a little how, I am a little concerned by this. So, how have you set up? Uh, what's, your, what's your screen set up? What channels are you attaching in, uh, uh, tapping into? How are you going to? How, how do you plan to watch all these events? What's your what, what, What's your method? So the so obviously Channel Seven's got pretty comprehensive coverage through not just the TV the broadcast channels but through their online channels. Yeah. So what I have here in front of me in my work from home arrangement is three screens that I usually work from. Um, I will be bringing in two extra screens. So <laughs> um, and also I will be adjusting my work hours to sit around outside of the live kind of games times, which is difficult because the, because the actual, you know, when it was in London, for example, you could spend all night watching the Olympics and then you could fire up for a day at work. Um, I also have uh, booked in for four days of annual leave. So the second week I probably won't be working at all. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. I'm so, just setting up my account on uh, seven. Was it seven now? Seven one. Seven plus. Seven plus. Seven plus. Yeah, seven plus. That'll give you access to all of those twenty four seven. Yeah, multiple channels. I think there's about seventy channels you can tap into through that. So, so basically any event. Uh, and if you're looking for a good list of when the actual events will occur in Australian time, 
the raw.com.au boys. It's they've put it all together for you. So uh, it's going to be a big couple of weeks, boys. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't go early. Don't waste your time on some of the preliminary days like softball and football. You'll catch up with those later. So uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to do that anyway. In that, I mean, I know yes, it started now, and look, I've just turned the soccer on now. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to get into because the opening ceremony hasn't started yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Once once that's on, then it's on. Yeah. We, the, the T-shirt that I've just bought from Rebel Sport today, the, the Village Tea, that'll come out. Did you get that? I, I noticed that I, I was selling those I at did. a discounted rate. So. I, uh, I I happened to catch a, on, on Catch of the Day, this is not, not a sponsored post at all, but uh, Catch of the Day, we're advertising Australian Olympic hoodies oh, yeah. for 40, 49 bucks. I jumped on that and bought it. Uh, still yeah. waiting on the delivery. Thought it was going to come today. Um, uh, mem- memorabilia around the Olympics is fantastic, isn't it? it? Really makes you feel like you're part of it. So, I um I have had my Olympic village jacket like for some time now. So, so, so I, I can feel you, Nug. I feel you, mate. I know exactly what you're talking about, boys. You just told me it went on special on Filthy. I paid full price for that. <laughs> oh, did you? Well, on their um. On there. Yeah, I just saw it then. Rebel Sport, there you go. Not a sponsored post, but Rebel, jump on board. Yep. Uh, flick, yeah. Flick us awesome uh, village hoodies because yep. your village hoodie just came down to 100 bucks as well. Yep. So, uh, football Australia versus Argentina. Yep. yep. So, two-time gold medalist in 2008 and 2012, I believe, the Argentinians in yep. soccer. Yeah, they're starting to get dirty already. Just lost my uh, sound there, boys. I, I, Aussies are up to two zip. So anyway, the Olympics, it's going to be exciting, boys. I'm ready for it. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about before we wrap this episode up, Brisbane 2032, Australia is now going to host the Olympics. So Yes. That's great. Great news. And it was the Olympics that it was ours to lose. Yeah. In that the announcement, it was no, the winner is Sydney. Uh, even though they did try and make it that when the 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 winner is, and it's like, well, Brisbane's the only one going, so you've got it. Uh, yeah, yep. but but uh, an old uh, I don't even know her name, old love from Queensland is, is Anas- taking it. Anastasia Palaszczuk. Anastasia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Queensland's yeah. most the popular IOC resident will- right now. Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, it's, so it's hard IOC- to see her still being government in eleven years' time. I don't think she'll be there. No, but she'll be at the she'll be at the games for sure. Yeah, she'll have a massive. Yeah, uh, but um, but no, but I mean that aside, as as much of a joke the announcement was in that it was well, look, we still had to try and get it, but and we got it. So now I suppose that the hunt is to yeah get our kids to really let's let's pick up the game. We we want we want, we want to passes. we want to go well I well this is after this episode now I need to talk to you about getting a loan for an investment. Well, property. I was going to say we've already looked at a few properties that are uh, yeah coming yeah. up on the outskirts of Brisbane. And I think I think some people think that I'm joking. I'm telling you, I'm Kangaroo Point, mate. I'm buying a unit. I don't care. Can I just yeah, say, funnily enough, we, the prices we know people are that legitimately have have just settled on a Brisbane. Doesn't bother me. We, this, this happened yeah, really? today. We found that someone we know did the exact, yeah, right. that exact thing in the hopes that Brisbane would get the settle. Settles tomorrow, apparently, or something like that. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. yeah. Who was that? Oh, very good. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> wow. Okay. Who they get the, they get their finance through? <laughs> well, so, so I boys, know a guy. You, so would you go? Would you go to Brisbane? The, would you go to the games? Shit, yeah. I mean, I, I went to the yeah. Sydney games. It was, it was, it was that whole month was one of the most memorable months ever, um, and and the whole week of that was yep. spent in Sydney at, at the Olympics. And um, I mean, I'll never forget that. And yep. you know, if I could give my kids the opportunity to experience an Olympics in your home country where it's done properly, absolutely. You know, uh, me and yep. one of our yep. uh, loyal listeners, Daniel Giles, went to the Athens Olympics in Greece four years after Sydney. And it was night and day in terms of the the Olympic setup, the park there, the facilities. You know, they had they had shit that was unfinished in Athens, like bits of reinforced steel sticking out of concrete barriers in the athletic stadium. You know, just covered by no, you know, no, mate. That's part of the tu- that's stuff. part of the tourism over there. They're actually ancient relics. <laughs> They're ancient relics that uh, yeah, it's a bit harsh. I mean, the, the Olympics sent Athens sent Greece basically broke. They didn't have enough money to finish the construction there. It was awful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the Greeks, the Greeks. That's because the problem is, is that the Greeks didn't allow the contingency for the bribes that they were going to take and the money they were going to swipe off the top. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a concern for them. So, you know, and I think nah, the problem I'd, is- honestly, I'd take out a, I'd take out a second mortgage, and uh, man, I probably will be to be there, mate. I'd camp out for months. I'll, I'll be there. So, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's probably for the IOC moving forward. You talk about them being a, a powerful you know, organisation. You've had two examples where economies of countries haven't fared so well after the Olympics, one being Greece, two being Brazil. Um, So we may see, you know, uh, a bit of a pattern where Olympic Games are now awarded to high-performing economies in world-class, first-world countries where they know that, you know, hosting a major event is a sure thing and those places can actually sustain the infrastructure or already have it, so they don't have to go send themselves broke by building all this stuff that they never had to start with. Mm. That's yep. where Brisbane had the leg up and no one else did. Well, and, and, and the awarding of the games has changed. The IOC has revamped that process, which is why you didn't necessarily see the uncertainty around it. It wasn't a fait accompli, but there, was, there wasn't anybody else left in the running at that stage even though there are other cities that would have been interested, you have to go through a negotiation know, process with the IOC. Do we know who, who, who else was, you know, was there any reports of who else was in the running? Uh, yeah, there were. Um, who else were the other remaining Ge- cities? Ge- Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who was the other? But they 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 pulled their... Well, they, or they, they pulled their bids before. Yeah, because they couldn't reach a commercial agreement with the actual IOC. So, so Brisbane had already done the hard work up until that point to the actually hard work. Get, like how much of our soul did, did, did we sell to the IOC? Uh, you, you have to sell a pretty significant amount. I mean, the reality is, is you've got to, it's a pretty big thing to have the Olympics in your country, even though it's expensive. So you've got to give the IOC a fair bit, mate. It's an old boys club still, like, you know, they, you've got to grease the palms and, you know, oil the wheels and all that sort of stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, Juan Antonio Semaranch was quoted as saying Sydney was the greatest games ever. And I think Sydney definitely helped Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, yeah just absolutely. by, you know, yeah. a little bit of recency bias for those who were around 20 years ago. Yeah, definitely. But there's, yeah, there's a couple of big, big cities getting ready to host it in the next, in, in the next couple of rounds as well, boys. Though. Paris, Los Angeles. Paris and LA, like, you know, that's pretty big shoes to fill Brisbane following on after those. 
good part about the delay for COVID, boys, is that, you know, the Winter Olympics are only around the corner. So. And the next ones are three years away. Now, one, yep. one question about Brisbane. The, the photo that the Australian Olympic team posted on their socials yesterday showed a, a wonderful skyline of Brisbane, but the Brown River. Now, are they going to colour the river? Uh, no, they won't colour the river, but they'll probably uh, show it in a different light. Digitally enhance it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They, yeah, I, I dare say they would try to be doing certain about their watercolour. They can't make it green. Maybe you can stain it blue or something like that, or who knows. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we Brisbane might do sort of similar to what China did with the cloud setting to get rid of all the uh, the fog and uh, do something to change the conditions of the Brisbane River. Hey, the, Brisbane, the way they'll advertise that, it'll be that blue that they'll be, they'll be advertising that that flows directly into the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> <laughs> oh very good well i'm going to watch the olympics boys that's it for me i'm signing off for 16 days well that's it but oh there you go quick update australia just beat argentina game over two zip we're off to a start go the, the men's yeah the men's good yep. stuff Ollie Rose. Mm. no messy no worries is uh <laughs> what what the the post of the change room was yeah oh, there you Ollie go Rose. and the and the and the other update is the Aussies beat Italy in uh, softball. One nil. Get that up, yeah. Get yeah. that up, yeah. you dirty yeah. Italians. You yeah. may beat England <laughs> in the world in the bloody Euros, but you can't beat us at the softball. So that's right. Take that as a World Cup 2006 revenge, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, All right, gents. Good chat. Uh, no worries, guys. Well, we'll we'll probably get one chat in before the next 16 days because. Uh, we have to do at least one more pod as an Olympic progress update to talk about the happenings. Not me, man. Not you. Not you. My philosophy we'll, from here on out is if it can happen after the Olympics, it'll happen after the Olympics. So. We might have to, we'll go to Macca's house and actually have to sit on the couch next to him, do a couch pod. Yeah. Well, no, we, we, we won't give away some of our grand plans, but we'll definitely, there may be a live no, pod in there at some point in the next 10, 10 to 14 days. It's not really that grand. <laughs> yeah, live pods. Yeah, yeah, look out. Absolutely. We out. haven't it's been. It's been a while since we've been together, boys. So. <laughs> That's right. All right. No worries, gentlemen. I'm going to hit stop recording here. But uh, happy gold medal. Happy watching. And let's see if we can exceed our number of thirteen. Did you give me a gold medal tally? Uh, tally? No number. Maka. Me. Sixteen, mate. Sixteen. Nugget. What was yours? Uh, I'll go thirteen then. 16, 11, 13, so 14 and a half. So we're going to round it down. So 14 gold medals is going to be the sports and spit total. And uh, let's try and beat it. Hell yeah. Adios. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Adios, amigos. Adios.